You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, April 15th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I am happy to be joined by Jonah Booker. Have not had the great J-Book on the last couple of weeks due to scheduling conflicts. Great to see J-Book. Great to have him back on the show. Man, spring game tomorrow, and there's going to be real tackling. I love it. Um, now, for those that haven't heard, like, basically, when the starters are out there early, before they pull them, they're just going to be thudding up. You know, they're not going to be bringing them to the ground. But then... Ryan Day said for the majority of the spring game, they will be tackling. Um, discuss that a little bit, Jay Book. And what else are you looking forward to seeing tomorrow? I'm fired up about the tackling, Dave. I mean, last year uh, I had tweeted out yesterday that, you know, the previous year they were out there pretty much two-hand touch playing flag football. And it was just poor showing. I mean, and then you look at it, football is just made to made to hit, made to go get out there, go get physical. I'm not saying – go out there and get hurt, somebody get knocked out. But anytime you step across those white lines, you got to bring it. Um, and as you proceeded to go through the season, you we start to see this Ohio State team start to get the reputation of being soft, uh, start to re- get the reputation of not being physical. And you look back at that spring game, and it's just a mentality that you had. I was listening to, I don't know, some SEC podcast the other day, and they were talking about Georgia's uh, spring game and Kirby uh, Smart's philosophy. And he wants those guys to bring the wood out there in their spring game. They're full tilt, full go. And that's why you have so many media members uh, that head down there to Georgia for their spring game is because they can actually get a good look of what's going on because Kirby Smart is a big proponent of this is a full tilt, all in tackling type of scrimmage. And you see how physical Georgia was this previous season and I just think that it's a top-down mentality if you can get those guys to get out there and understand that hey we're we're moving on from the reputation of being soft and being a finesse type of program it's time to get back to start thumping people and it starts with the spring game just don't touch Stroud and CJ Henderson some of those guys let them get a couple carries, a couple snaps in. But those second and third team guys who's really trying to make a name for themselves, go out there and lay the lumber to somebody. Yeah, for those that are wondering, we had a comment about this. Jay Book just hit on this too, that the quarterbacks will be off limits. And not just C.J. Stroud, but also Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. They prefer having four scholarship quarterbacks on the roster at all times. They only have three, and uh, they're not going to even risk getting one of the backup quarterbacks hurt in the spring game. Um let me ask you this, man. Like, how much do you think we're going to see of uh, – and you're right, Travion Henderson, guys like that, they're not going to get hit, any type of starters. Let me ask you this, though. Um, there are certain guys that are young guys that need reps but are going to be huge parts of this team next year. Guys like Jack Sawyer, JT Tuimolo-Al. Jack Sawyer was the star of the spring game last year. Of course, he was going against, like, third-team offensive linemen. That helped, and second-team offensive linemen. Uh, but he had, like, five sacks. They weren't hitting in last year's spring game, even with the third-teamers. Um 
So Jack Sawyer, JT Tumaloal, Marvin Harrison Jr., who broke out in the Rose Bowl, Emeka Ebuka, young guys, but are going to be key players. How much do you think we're going to see them tomorrow? Uh, I think you're going to see quite a bit. I mean, obviously, those guys need, need reps. As Urban Meyer used to say, there's nothing like simulating a game type of atmosphere because you're going to have 50 plus thousand people in the stands there. Get them out there, let them perform, let the pads pop a little bit and let those guys go out there and show what they can do. I'm not saying have those those guys that are potentially going to be starters playing into the fourth quarter of the spring game, but at least let them get out there to get, you know, maybe two, three, four series just to get their feet wet. But I think right now in this spring game, it's critical for that back end of your roster to really get out there and be able to perform because they're not going to get a many opportunities to perform on the field in front of a large crowd. So this is their opportunity. I'm excited to see what some of these younger guys are going to do. Some of these younger guys who are freshmen, because think about it, Marvin Harrison caught, I think he had like over a hundred yards or something like that in the spring game. You, we always joke about the BAM Children's Award because there's always going to be some type of guy who absolutely blows up in the spring game and it, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily translate into the actual football season. But if you're a freshman and you're out there balling and everybody can see that, hey, this kid is immensely talented, there's a very good chance that's going to correlate over to you getting regular season snaps. Quick question to get to because I'm sure there are people wondering about this. Will the spring game be shown on TV live tomorrow. Yes, Big Ten Network is your friend. They're going to show it, and it's going to be, they say it's going to start right at noon, or at least very, very close, and it's going to end at 2. It's going to be a two-hour scrimmage, so 12 to 2 tomorrow, high noon at the Horseshoe. We're talking Eastern time, of course, for people that like J-Book on the other side of the country or in different time zones. 12 noon Eastern, and they're going to be wrapping up at 2 o'clock, we're told. So uh, offense versus defense. We've had some people say, Man, I wish we were still doing the draft and all that. I hear you. I used to love covering the draft um, when Trestle would, would have the seniors draft the teams. You know, Ryan Day's been pretty clear about it. They don't have enough offensive linemen, as a user pointed out. Uh, Kai Fresh here pointed out, Kay Fresh, um, that, uh, you know, the offensive line's just not deep enough for that right now. So, um, you know, they don't really have the, the depth on the O-line to split up into two teams. So that's how they're doing it. They're doing offense versus defense. All right. One thing I'm curious about, we're going to see a lot of Kyle McCord and Devin Brown, and everybody's going to overreact to it. Everybody's going to overreact <laughs> to it. Remember the spring game, Justin Fields' first spring game? People were like, I don't know about this guy. This Fields right. guy, I don't know about him. He had the one long 99-yard touchdown pass, and other than that, he didn't do much. Is this Fields guy really that good? So there's going to be some hot takes. But, I, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Devin Brown and Kyle McCord go at it. I absolutely I'm, I'm excited to see Devin Brown. I mean, Kyle McCord, too. I, we've had people uh, sources, you know, within the program and we've shared it on the Bucknuts uh, boarding house that a lot of people believe that Kyle McCord, if he wasn't at Ohio State, he would be starting at pretty much any other school in the Big Ten. They think he's that good. It's just a situation where Ohio State's quarterback room is extremely deep. I mean, you got probably the number one draft pick in Stroud. So he's going to get a few reps. But there's been so much chatter already, Dave, about Brown potentially jumping Stroud. And a lot of people are saying he's going to be the, the, the guy that's going to take over. I don't know. Uh, let those guys battle it out. I, I, what I, tell you, I tell you what I really do like is CJ uh, is Kyle McCord's mentality where he, 
He said he's not running from competition. He never had any thought of transferring. He knows that it's the long game here at Ohio State. And as long as he's within the program, he knows he's going to get developed. So I love that from him. And I'm just happy that we actually had the depth there at the quarterback position. But not only that, talk about the young guns that are coming in, the five-star quarterbacks that are both going to be on campus where Ohio State's getting all of those crystal balls from the, the kid out here in Arizona, my neck of the woods, Dylan Riola. So if, if they can really put on the show for the quarterbacks there and let those guys air it out and highlight to those to those recruits that are going to be in the stands, then Ohio State's going to be sitting pretty when it comes to the quarterback position for the next five, six more years. J-Buck, I can't remember. Did I mention that there's going to be tackling, real tackling at the spring game tomorrow? <laughs> Did I mention that? Uh, you mentioned it, man. I mean, like we said, the th the thudding. And I was reading the article last night. It's been, what, since 2017, 2018, since they actually had live tackling in a spring game? I, mean, I, I know they want to get out of there with, without any type of injuries. And when you have the numbers that are short on the offensive line, you try to keep guys as healthy as possible. But I'm a huge proponent of you can actually get – something out of tackling i just i'm not a big fan of going out there playing touch football in a spring game but a lot of these fans they actually can't afford real live game season tickets so this is their opportunity to go watch ohio state on a cheap ticket go out there put a show for those fans not saying uh as i mentioned earlier get somebody hurt but i just don't like to have these once you step in that on across those lines it's time to go trying to ease up on somebody, you can actually get somebody hurt when you're playing around like that. No doubt about it, man. I mean, I know there's a fine line, and you would know. I mean, you played college football, um, and there's a fine line. But to be a good tackler, you have to work on tackling, real tackling. You know, they, I mean, I, I get it. There's a fine line. You don't want to get guys hurt. But, man, if you don't work on tackling, how are you going to all of a sudden become a good tackler? All right, speaking of your college football days, my friend, we have a question for you. One thing Jay Book and Cam Martinez have in common is they were defensive backs in college. Jay Book at Ohio University. Cam Martinez at The Ohio State University. Isaiah Kirksey wants to know, hey, Jay Book, what do you think about Cam Martinez? He is from my hometown. He's a stud. Mark Cam Martinez is a stud. You, you see he's made uh, the wall with uh, Jim Knowles several times this year. I think he's going to be a guy that is so versatile that he's going to be able to really – uh, provide some solid depth on that back end there. I, I like the safeties. I know Ryan Day said that uh, safety depth is kind of a, a concern for him yesterday, but I think that Kel Martinez is a ball hawk. He's a guy that has shown when he was in high school that he's a heck of a he's a heck of an offensive skill weapon. So having those ball skills translate over to the defensive side would definitely help him. And I think it really suits him well in his style of defense to where they're going to be able to get their heads around and actually try to get their hands on the football. So that's really going to help guys like Cam, Cam Martinez, who already has those ball skills coming into the program. Another question I want to get to, this is something we've touched on briefly on previous shows, but um, you know, I, I think it has been maybe glossed over a little bit too much overall. John Shea wants to know, coming from YouTube, uh, with Jim Knowles coming from a pass-happy conference in the Big 12 and the Big 10 being a hard-nosed, run-oriented conference, is going with two linebackers making enough sense? Last year, we were terrible against the run. Well, here's the thing that you're going to like, John, and other people that are worried about this, and rightfully so. It's a, a very legit concern, is when they're facing run-oriented teams like Wisconsin, Michigan, anybody that puts 12 personnel out there, two tight ends on the field, or any type of power running game, they're going to have three linebackers on the field. They're not 
completely married to the 4-2-5. And when they do go with that third linebacker, you know, someone from J-Book's neck of the woods, not Portsmouth, but, you know, as you like to call him a river rat, that's your words, not mine, Reed yeah. Carrico. Reed Carrico as a, as a redshirt freshman is stepping into that role as that same linebacker. So they will, J-Book, put three linebackers on the field together when they're facing these teams like Wisconsin, Michigan, Iowa, and others. That's the that's the beauty of Jim Knowles defense to where it allows him to be flexible because he's if a lot of people think of the Big Ten and they think the Big Ten is a three yards in a cloud of dust. Yes, you get your power run teams, you know, your traditionals and your your um your Michigans and your Wisconsin's that you mentioned, but for the most part, the Big Ten has really evolved after Dwayne Haskins season where he threw for 50 touchdowns, you started to see a shift and play from the Big Ten. It started with Purdue, and then when Dwayne blew it up with that 50-touchdown season, you start to see a lot of the Big Ten start to really spread them out and running one-back sets empty a lot of times. And so it's going to help that Jim Knowles has that experience uh, when it comes to the Big 12 with the actual pass-happy offense. But like, like, like you were saying, Dave, we got the linebackers to run the three linebackers set if they need it. It's almost to the point that they may actually have too many linebackers on the roster right now. There's somewhat of a, a log gym because they have so many guys there at that position, especially with some of the transfers that came in. You can see these comments, right? We have we have the Buckeye guy thinking that you should run for president, you know, Jay Book for president, you know? I mean, hey, hey, my. hey. Yeah, you have my vote, man. No, nope. <laughs> hey, I like my quiet, simple life, man. <laughs> you don't want to run for U.S. president? Like, that might be a little stressful for you. You think? No, um, man. Nope. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget that noise, man. Forget that noise. Um, you know, you mentioned back to a serious topic. You mentioned Dwayne um, on the field. Obviously, they're going to honor him tomorrow. Um, you and I haven't talked since his, uh, you know, tragic passing. It's been six days. It still doesn't feel real. Uh, and I know there's a lot of, you know. People want to know exactly what happened. I don't really want to get into that. But they, I'm just curious to see what they're going to do tomorrow to honor him. They're going to honor him throughout the season. It's not just going to be tomorrow. But tomorrow's definitely going to be a day of heavy hearts as they uh, honor one of the Buckeye greats and, and an outstanding young man in Dwayne Haskins. Absolutely. And it's well-deserved. I said it at the time that Dwayne is going to forever be known as the foundational piece that really jump-started the Ohio State offense from being good to being great because if it wasn't for Dwayne having that ability to really showcase what Ohio State can do under Ryan Day's type of offense, it really set the gears in motion for Ohio State to essentially be wide receiver you now and quarterback you now because when Ryan Day came in and whenever you have a new coach come in, typically what they're doing is they're preaching a a vision. They're trying to sell a vision to these kids and say, hey, this is what I plan to do. This is what we're going to do. And then when Dwayne went out there and really exceeded all expectations, got that New York invite through for 50 touchdowns, pretty much shattered the Ohio State passing record by 1,500 yards. That really opened the eyes to everybody and say, wow, OK, I see what Ohio State's doing there. Now you parlay that into Justin Fields, first round draft pick, excellent putting up monster numbers in this Ohio State offense. And we're, we're going to look back 10 to 15 years from now, and if they continue to bring in these high-end quarterbacks and these high-end wide receivers, and we're going to look back 15, 20 years from now and say it all started with Dwayne. No doubt about it. Question I want to get to. This is from Danzo. I know a lot of people are wondering about this. 
Danza wants to know, how worried should we be about the lack of depth on the offensive line? When I asked Ryan Day yesterday, what are, what are you most happy about this spring and you know, what are you most concerned about it? First thing out of his mouth when he said concern is lack of depth on the offensive line. A little bit at safety too, but man, he talked up true freshman Kai Stokes, and I know they like some of their other safeties. They're going to get Proctor back. They like Ronnie Hickman. They like Court Williams. They like Cam Martinez. I know I'm leaving guys out. So I think yeah. they actually feel pretty good about safety. He threw that in. But O-line is the one that Ryan Day is concerned about. And if Ryan Day is concerned, we should all be concerned. Um, good news is they're going to get Josh Fryer back before the start of the season. And he's going to be their top backup offensive lineman, in my opinion. They also have Enoch Vamahi, Zen Mahalski, some other guys. Jay Buck, how concerned are you about the depth on the O-line for the Buckeyes? I'm I'm very comfortable with the starters. I think this, yeah. this starting offensive line, I'm very bullish on them. I think they're going to be uh, a bunch of hell on will guys that are going to knock people out, especially having true guards there. That's going to really help them tremendously. Now, the guys behind them, that's kind of where it starts to get a little sketchy, and that's the uh, stud effects to where stud missed out on a lot of those top targets. He ended up taking some guys that, maybe or is a house state potential. We don't know yet. They're still going to need to be developed. Uh, and so it's kind of a question mark on what we got from some of those guys that maybe consider projects, uh, the B or C guys that were on their board after stud missed out on some of his top high end guys. Uh, so fingers crossed that the offensive line can stay healthy. But one name that you mentioned that has me excited is Kai Stokes, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, the buzz, the buzz around him, Dave, has been tremendous. And we always get this. If, and we got it with Denzel Burke last year. Uh, we heard the noise going into the spring, how how mature he was, how uh, Denzel Burke fundamentals was so ahead of the other freshmen. And you're starting to hear that same buzz with Kai Stoke. I mean, you look at him, he's a long guy, 6'2". He came in as a sub 11 meter flat guy in the 100 meters. And the thing that you really have to like about Kai Stokes is he blew up in that one week time frame to where he got those offers from Georgia and Alabama and Miami and LSU and Arbor and Ohio State. And it was all within a one week's time. And boom, as soon as that Ohio State offer came in, he committed and he was right there, stayed through the thick and thin. And one of the knock on Florida kids is the curses don't get an early commitment from a Florida kid because it's a long way to go. It just means that you're the leader <laughs> if you get a commitment if you get a commitment from a Florida kid, but right. uh, Stokes, he committed early and he stayed true to it and hats off to Ohio state staff, because it looks like they potentially got them a superstar that was low, one of the lower ranked kids in that class, but come to find out he's an absolute baller. Do want to do a programming note here real quick. Um, we're making a big change that we're excited about. I've done a column after the game, immediately following every Ohio state game, including spring game, regular season games, postseason games, like the last, I don't know, 14 years called What We Learned. Um, we're keeping what we learned and doing it immediately following the game. But now we're doing it live like we're doing the show right now. It's going to be a live show starting immediately after the spring game. And we're going to do it throughout the season as well after every game. So um, as soon as the game ends, I'll put a link up just like we do for the Bucknuts Morning 5. And I'll give you guys a heads up. So we're going to have the video version of What We Learned live. We're going to have guests on. We're going to take questions. It's going to be a long – it's not going to be, you know, a 20-minute show. It's going to be well over an hour, and we're going to have a lot of fun with it, and then I'll turn it into a podcast version as well. For those that are listening to the show, audio only on podcast, you'll be able to listen to the show. But if you want to watch live, ask questions live, be interactive, um, 
you know, be with me after every game. And this year we know, uh, at least for the spring game, it's going to be right at 2 o'clock, they tell us. We'll see if they stick to that. That's probably because Big Ten Network is saying, we need you guys for two hours. Um, it's Ohio State. They should let Ohio State do whatever they want. That's the right. – Ohio State butters that bread for the Big Ten Network. But I wanted to get that shameless plug in, uh, what we learned live coming at you immediately following the spring game tomorrow. Hope you guys can join me for that. Really thrilled to have Jay Book back on the show. I loved all the comments. Everybody welcoming Jay Book back. Man, it feels like with the comments, we haven't had you on in like two months, not two weeks. Um, <laughs> that shows you how much your, your fan club loves you. Um, thank you very much to Jonah. Thank you to all the listeners out there and viewers for tuning into the show. We appreciate it very much. If you like the show, uh, give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a five-star review. All that stuff really helps. Thanks again to Jay Book. Thanks again to all of the listeners. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Enjoy the spring game tomorrow, Bucknutters. <laughs> Streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, one love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.